0: Hey Calvary family, this is Pastor Michael Grove here on the Bible Reading App. Today is February the 10th and we are here in the Bible Reading Plan. We are in the book of Acts and today we will be reading Acts chapter 7. Then the high priest asked Stephen, Are these charges true? To this he replied, Brothers and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia, before he lived in Haran. Leave your country and your people, God said, and go to the land I will show you. So he left the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. After the death of his father, God sent him to this land where you are now living. He gave him no inheritance here, not even enough ground to set his foot on. But God promised him that he and his descendants after him would possess the land, even though at that time Abraham had no children. God spoke to him in this way, For four hundred years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, God said. And afterward, they will come out of that country and worship me in this place. Then he gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision, and Abraham became the father of Isaac and circumcised him eight days after his birth. Later, Isaac became the father of Jacob, and Jacob became the father of the twelve patriarchs. Because the patriarchs were jealous of Joseph, they sold him as a slave into Egypt, but God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles. He gave Joseph wisdom and enabled him to gain the goodwill of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So Pharaoh made him ruler over Egypt and all his palace. Then a famine struck all Egypt and Canaan, bringing great suffering, and our ancestors could not find food. When Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent our forefathers on their first visit. On their second visit, Joseph told his brothers who he was and Pharaoh learned about Joseph's family. After this, Joseph sent for his father Jacob and his whole family, 75 in all. Then Jacob went down to Egypt, where he and our ancestors died. Their bodies were brought back to Shechem and placed in the tomb that Abraham had bought from the sons of Hamor at Shechem for a certain sum of money. As the time drew near for God to fulfill his promise to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt had greatly increased. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. He dealt treacherously with our people and oppressed our ancestors by forcing them to throw out their newborn babies so that they would die. At that time, Moses was born, and he was no ordinary child. For three months, he was cared for by his family. When he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son. Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. When Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his own people, the Israelites. He saw one of them being mistreated by an Egyptian. So he went to his defense and avenged him by killing the Egyptian. Moses thought that his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue them but they did not. The next day, Moses came upon two Israelites who were fighting. He tried to reconcile them by saying, Men, you are brothers. Why do you want to hurt each other? But the man who was mistreating the other pushed Moses aside and said, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard this, He fled to Midian, where he settled as a foreigner and had two sons. After forty years had passed, an angel appeared to Moses in the flames of a burning bush in the desert near Mount Sinai. When he saw this, he was amazed at the sight. As he went over to get a closer look, he heard the Lord say, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses trembled with fear and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. I have indeed seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and have come down to set them free. Now come, I will send you back to Egypt. This is the same Moses they had rejected with the words, Who made you ruler and judge? He was sent to be their ruler And deliverer by God Himself through the angel who appeared to Him in the bush. He led them out of Egypt and performed wonders and signs in Egypt, at the Red Sea, and for forty years in the wilderness. This is the Moses who told the Israelites God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your own people. He was in the assembly in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to Him on Mount Sinai and with our ancestors and he received living words to pass on to you. But our ancestors refused to obey him. Instead, they rejected him and in their hearts turned back to Egypt. They told Aaron, Make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who led us out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. That was the time they made an idol in the form of a calf. They brought sacrifices to it and reveled in what their own hands had made. But God turned away from them and gave them over to the worship of the sun, moon, and stars. This agrees with what is written in the book of the prophets. Did you bring me sacrifices and offerings forty years in the wilderness, people of Israel? You have taken up the tabernacle of Molech and the star of your god Raphan, the idols you made to worship. Therefore... I will send you into exile beyond Babylon. Our ancestors had the tabernacle of the covenant law with them in the wilderness. It had been made as God directed Moses, according to the pattern he had seen. After receiving the tabernacle, our ancestors under Joshua brought it with them when they took the land from the nations God drove out before them. It remained in the land until the time of David who enjoyed God's favor and asked that he might provide a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built a house for him. However, the Most High does not live in houses made by human hands, as the prophet says, Heaven is my throne, in the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or, where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? You stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You who have received the law that was given through angels but have not obeyed it. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and, yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. This concludes the reading of today. Let me give you a quick thought before we end our time together. It's funny when you know how something ends that you understand the pieces of it differently. I remember this one time that I was waiting to get home and watch the game and somebody told me the score. Now, knowing who won changed the rest of the game for me as I watched it. That's kind of what Steven is doing for these people. They know the ending of the story. You see, they were very strict about Moses and the law. So Stephen takes them on a journey knowing that they understand the law from Moses. He takes them back to the moment when their ancestors actually rejected Moses. In fact, he reminds them that in the wilderness, they actually wanted to just go back to Egypt and forget Moses altogether. And then, they even eventually built their own idol, thinking that Moses would never come back down from the mountain and be with them again. Yet, here they stand on the other side of all of that, and they know what happens in the end. So they know that they can follow the words of Moses because God had anointed Moses to receive them. So why is Stephen reminding them of all of this? Well, because it's the same thing that they're doing to Jesus in that very moment. Jesus came as their Savior lived on this earth, was put to death, and then raised again. As Stephen is proclaiming that name, they are rejecting it just like their ancestors had done to Moses. Stephen is setting the tone so that when Jesus reveals himself to them, they would understand the error in their ways. You see, this was all part of God's master plan. He was revealing himself to them, but They needed Stephen to show them this important thing, that just like their ancestors rejected Moses and then later realized they were wrong, they were doing the same thing to Jesus. They rejected Jesus, and eventually they will understand that they were wrong. But the hard part is, Stephen did this at the price of his life. He was willing to stand there in front of them and still proclaim the name of Jesus so that they would get it and understand eventually. In return, he paid with his life. He was stoned to death. But did you hear who was there laying witness to what was happening? It says in verse number 58 that there was a young man named Saul. See, Saul is being set up in this moment to understand the revelation of Jesus when it comes. Because for Stephen, this was bigger than himself. This was about the gospel going forward and people understanding Jesus as Messiah. Because sometimes God's plan for our life is more about other people than it is ourselves. And what happened to Stephen actually catapults the gospel going forward in all areas. In fact, spoiler alert, in the next chapter, we hear that the whole church is actually persecuted on this day. But the church then gets scattered and they go exactly where Jesus said they would go. They get spread out through Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. You see, here's the important point that we need to understand all of this is about making sure the name of Jesus is elevated. In fact, all of us have one purpose. And that's to bring glory to the name of God. And so God is willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that people hear the gospel message. And Stephen proclaimed the name of Jesus boldly. And then the church is persecuted and scattered. And what happens? You and I are here today because a group of people went and preached the gospel wherever they could. And that, my friends, is the heart of God. That no matter what it takes, all people would get to hear the name of Jesus. That they would know there's no other name on earth by which they must be saved. And that, my friends, is the most beautiful thing that we could be part of. So tell someone about Jesus today. That's all the time we have left for today. I love you and God bless.